0: Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We know your life will be changed for the better by listening to God's Word. If you'd like to know more about Trinity Beaumont or contribute to our ministry, please visit www.trinitybeaumont.com. We love you. Mm. We honor you, Lord. We love you. Let's lift up our hands just one more time, just for a moment longer. We honor your presence, God. Mm. So weighty, Lord. Your presence is so, it's unlike anything else, God. We refuse to treat it like it's anything else either. We honor you, Lord. We cherish and value your worth to us. Caitlin um, sent me a message. Um, Thursday night, she was telling me about the crusade. And then um, Friday night, she said, that one was really different. And she said, um, She was really struggling the first night, just a minister. Um, We all have bad days, don't we? And uh, she said, um, Thursday night was really precious. She sent me a couple pictures of her with a a young lady, and she said the Lord spoke to me about how He's not in a hurry. She said I was going to be done praying with this girl, but He said I'm not in a hurry. And as we were worshiping this morning, I just was feeling that so strong that even though so many of us, so much of our world is consumed by this need to go as fast as you possibly can to do as much as you can possibly do, God operates outside of time. He's not in a hurry. He's not in a hurry. His ways are so good, Lord. You are so good. You're perfect in all of your ways, just and true. God, you cannot lie, you do not fail. I just feel like I'm hearing the the word submission. Our part is the submission, to submit to his ways we do Lord come on right now we repent of of pride of of relying on our own strength of rushing Lord forgive us for making light of who you are of, of this time of this day Lord this day belongs to you Lord we repent God we turn
1: to you you can have it all you can have it all It all belongs to you.
0: Not only do we repent, but we rebuke all religious spirits. I rebuke and bind demonic and religious spirits. The spirit of bondage from this place. We bind bondage. (laughs) Liar. You're a thief. There's no truth in you. We loose the spirit of peace, of truth. The Holy Spirit, who is the personified God to us, love. The bond of love, we we take on the bond of love right now. The bond of love by which we have been seen by Christ through to now see ourselves and others. We see ourselves perfectly loved perfectly loved, perfectly cared for. The perfect sacrifice given for us. Thank you, Lord. You gave your life for us. Yeah, 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 come on.
1: Wow, wow,
0: wow, wow, wow. We honor you, Lord. We, um, we set communion the week before this last on Thursday. Thank you, Colin. And um, it was unlike any other communion. Can I get the table um, we've ever done in the past? Where uh, I just kept hearing the passage from Romans 6 where it talks about being joined together with Christ, being joined together. And I just really encourage you right now, uh, before we go any further just see your life joined to his and his death, burial, and his resurrection. Die to the things that need to be died to, dead, that need to be dead. Selfish ambition, the passions, lust of the flesh, of the eyes, the pride of life, the ways of this world, sexual immorality. Join yourself to his death, his burial, and his resurrection. His resurrection to life, to power, to glory, to grace, seated at the right hand of God. The throne at the right hand of God. The throne of majesty, the throne of power, the throne of grace. Grace, grace says it's finished. Ha, 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 come on. Secret sins don't have a place in his presence. Yeah, Jesus' name. His grace is enough. Come on, you just ought to, you ought to make a bold declaration over over your family, over your finances, over your 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 spouse, your kids, over your own body, your mind, your spirit. God, your grace it's enough. Your grace touch my ears, Lord, touch my eyes, touch my tongue. Your grace is enough. I may be weak. God, but when I am weak, I boast in my weakness that I may rely on your strength, on your grace. Your grace, God, it's sufficient. We declare your grace, the throne of grace. It is sufficient to cover and care for us in time of need. So the writer of Hebrews talked about, he said, let us therefore draw boldly, go boldly into the throne room of grace to obtain help and mercy in time of need. The king was to be feared. The king is to be feared. But he's he's merciful, guys. He's so just. And if his grace were an ocean, we'd all be sinking. My God, would you give us a picture? Let us hear the sound. Let us see and understand and know what it is that is your grace. What is your grace, Lord? We want to know you. John wrote this. He said, we saw him come full of what? Grace and truth. John 1. Let me just go there really quick. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word became God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him. Nothing was made that was made. You know, you're not an accident. It's not an accident that you're here today. He does everything with purpose. Verse 14 says, the word became flesh. It doesn't make any possible sense how God could come into this world. The place that he created, I just, I can't even get into that. It's just not the time or day. And he dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness to him and cried out, saying, there's one who I said is coming after me. He's preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus for no one has seen God at any point in time the only begotten son who is in the bosom of the father he has declared him to us now I remember last week I was drawn to the passage in um, first John how he talks about in um, in the passion translation if you're unfamiliar it's worded very differently um, in 1 John, um, or little John, so to speak, 1 John 1, it says that we beheld him. Again, this is the same writer, actually, um, as St. John. Um, it says, we saw him with our very own eyes. We gazed upon him and heard him speak. Our hands actually touched him. I mean, can you imagine touching Jesus. The one who is from the beginning, the living expression of God. This life giver was made visible. We have seen him. We testify to this truth. The eternal life giver lived face to face with the Father has now down to, dawned upon us. Go on a couple of chapters. Verse uh, one of chapter three says this. It says, look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love that he has lavished on us. I'm going to go back over that. It's a little bit of a mouthful. And I'll, uh, I'll read it from my New King James Version here in front of me too. But it says, look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love. That he has lavished on us because he has called us and made us his very own beloved children. I wanna teach and talk to you guys about being God's children today. Being a child of God is The greatest gift. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8, he said this, uh, verse 29, for whom he is predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ, that Jesus might be the firstborn among many brethren or brothers and sisters. I'll never forget the first time I read this. I went and told somebody, I'm a brother of Christ. They said, that's blasphemy. I said, it's in the Bible. How dare you? But but I've I've come to realize more often than not that my mind reverts back to that. I, you don't have the right to be Jesus' brother. You you're sinful. You're dirty. You're messed up. That you must be a mistake, right? You know what I'm talking about. That we should be conformed to the image of Christ. We're predestined. Now I don't want to get off into predestination, but there's a reason the Bible speaks to those who read this to accept it, who believe it and say, I have been, that's me. Tell your neighbor, that's me. I have been predestined to be conformed to Jesus' image. There's a reason the Bible writes it. There's a reason that that the reader is is supposed to believe what he reads because Jesus promised that. His invitation, Christ's invitation on earth, and and a side note for for Christ means the anointed one. So to become like Christ means to bear the image and likeness of the anointed one. Not somebody feely nice. I'm not saying Jesus isn't nice. Don't misinterpret what the Bible doesn't say and does say, or (laughs) certainly what I'm saying. The point being is that there's power in the name of Christ. And you and I are called to, we're commanded to carry power, to walk in power as a child. Fun and loving certainly ought to be a part of being a child. And if it's not, I don't want any part of it. There is a joy in laughter, there's a joy in fun, there's a joy in ease, there's a joy in uh, what Jesus said take my yoke upon you. It's easy, it's light. I'm not hard to please. Take my yoke. Anyways, back to the point here. The invitation that Christ extends to us, the anointed one, is to become like him. Excuse me. Got to figure out. There it is. Does anybody know what the word disciple means? Taught one, learner, student. Okay, good. Good. So to be a disciple is one who is a student, one who is taught. And for the record, being a disciple of Christ is not something we ever stop. So if you're taking notes, I encourage you to take that to heart today. I believe it's something that um, Holy Spirit wants to speak on. But the point here, Jesus came to show them who the Father was, right? We're just reading about how he came full of grace and truth. We beheld him, we touched him, we hung out with him, we ate meals together with him, the living expression of God in the flesh dwelling among us. What was the point? To become like him. To be a student, a disciple, a follower of a rabbi, and that's, that's what they referred to Jesus as. They said master or rabbi, that was his name. Teacher. It puts you in the position of one who's willing to be taught. It puts you in a position of submission. Puts him in a position of authority. And authority is what really breaks the yokes. It's not just power that's necessary. Demons in hell hold power, but they don't have the authority. Jesus is sitting on the right, the, the seat, highest seat, right hand of God. All authority, he said in uh, Matthew 28, 19, all, uh, 18 and 19, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. So why do you think Satan wanted him to bow so bad? Because he had the authority beforehand. But now the authority lies with those who submit to Christ. So the, the, the position and the alignment there has everything to do with caring and walking and the power that were called to walk in as as the anointed ones. Christians means to be like Christ. Ones who bear the image and likeness of of Christ, um, well, it had nothing to do with being good and everything to do with being cursed. So to bear the image and likeness of Christ meant to be beheaded, meant to be taken to prison, meant to be cast out, ostracized, And this all stems from the lavish love he has bestowed upon us, that we should be called children of God through through the the blood of Jesus, through the lineage of Jesus, that we have been been adopted, so to speak, predestined to be conformed. Ephesians, how does Ephesians say it? Um, Hold on. I have it right here in my Bible. I'm going to go there. Ephesians chapter One Um, says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him. This is verse four before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. (laughs) What a mouthful. All right, I'm going to go on another translation to help you guys out here. And me. Does it help us all? Amen. Somebody say, Help, Holy Spirit. Okay. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm, starting in verse 3, chapter 1, Passion Translation, in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful Heavenly Father. Notice the verbiage here, guys. The, the writing of the Bible has to do with father and sons. Uh, just a really quick side note. Uh, um, Micah 4.6. I'm going to go there really quick because I can't quote it to you. No, not Micah, Malachi. You knew where I was going. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to start in verse five it says, behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of fathers to the children and the hearts of children to their fathers. This is prophetic concerning the day and age which we are in, but really had to do with the coming of our Lord Jesus, because he was referencing how there would be a, may- a way made in order for us to have union fellowship, communion with our, our Father and, and Lord, of course, as well. But the, the verbiage here is so imperative that we that we understand the picture uh, from, from Genesis to Revelation. God has been trying to get back to us and ultimately will, the Father will come back to the earth. Well, no, actually won't, will. He will, for the first time, come to earth. In order that he will be together with us forever. This is radical, right? And, and and what does this have to do with being a son? Because that's your destiny. Not just now, not just then, but now. So so what does that mean and and Let me, let me just go back to Ephesians really quick. We'll, we'll see what the Holy Spirit says here. He says, He's already lavished this love gift upon us because He's our wonderful Father. This is still in verse 3 of Ephesians chapter 1. All because He sees us wrapped into Christ. This is why we celebrate Him with our hearts. In love, He chose us before that He laid the foundation of the universe. Because of his great love, he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in His eyes and unstained in. For it was always in His perfect plan to adopt us as His delightful children through our union with Jesus. So bouncing all the way back to Romans chapter six, talking about the joining together with Christ in his death, burial and resurrection. That union, that joining together, is vital to the adoption. It's vital to the sonship, and you have to ask Dad about theia because it's it's a really fun subject. But I just don't have all the wherewithal to teach you guys that. But the weathesia, the sonship, this adoption that we read about in the Bible, is just it's it's amazing because of what we read about here, just laid very plain before us in this chapter. It was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as delightful children through our union with Jesus. I mean, what a thought. And so adoption doesn't doesn't really have anything to do with, well, they weren't his, because to to be part of the family, I mean, uh, since he says it was always in his perfect plan, there was never a time or place where he was, saying that you weren't destined to be his. Amen? Okay. So, uh, in prayer, I was uh, writing some things last night, and um, I recall the very first conversation I had with McKenna outside the womb. I I, uh, was really, really tired when she was born, um, November 19th, 2019. Caitlin had been up all night. We we hadn't slept a wink, either one of us. Of course. And um, she came into the world at some like 808, something like that, I think. And then we uh, went home and rested that afternoon, and I remember holding her that night. We had an Airbnb in Houston um, up near the woodlands. And, uh, of course, she's fast asleep, you know, perfect little angel, as newborns are. And, um, I told her, I said, I said, the Father loves you, McKenna. You need to know that as my child, you're a child of heaven. Now, there's a couple things to understand here. And you can bounce back to John if you want to, but this is a verse I'm well acquainted with. But it says, to those who believe, he gave them the right. Somebody say them. Yeah. Them the right to be children of God. So before we believe, what are we? We're not children of God. Don't don't try. I don't know that it's really pertinent to insert something else in there. We're just not children of God before we believe. We're lost. How about that? That when we believe, we are found. And so this this belief process is imperative for people, for, for children, for you and I, because it empowers, it places us in a position to receive that right to become his children. But the the pivotal piece here within our rights, people, individuals, mothers, fathers, sons, daughters, so on and so forth. That peace within belief can only exist if there's awareness. Without a child's awareness, they will be lost. I, I'm... McKenna could grow up and live in my house, but not know her identity as a daughter to her parents without acceptance. You've seen it. Rejection is a hideous beast. Well, we've all been privy, privy to it at some point in time, I, I'm afraid. This world is, is a cursed place that is now being redeemed through God's children. And so we, we taste of its decay re- rejection and darkness, bitterness, all these things. And it leaves us broken. It leaves us feeling lost. It leaves us feeling afraid. it leaves us um, fatherless. And so as children that we are called, I was so deeply moved by this singular thought of awareness acceptance. because when I look through Scripture, I see a father trying to cry out to his children, saying, "You're mine." Lots of different things the father says. In correction, certainly, but in love, he displays this message through Christ. You're, you're no longer mine. He he gives him over. He gives him away, right? Uh, it just—I don't know how it's possible. But this perfect love from heaven, from God, our Father, is willing to trade his life. And I'm so moved by that because the ultimate goal for all of that was for you and I to be moved into a position of sonship. So that union, that joining together through Christ, with Christ, in his death, his burial, his resurrection... All to the point to where now we become believers and that we are made aware to our sonship, to our our identity. And that's something we're going to be teaching on uh, this month as we start our small groups. Identity. If you don't know whose you are, if you don't know where you come from, you're certainly not going to know where you're going, Cotton Eye Joe. Come on. But, but honestly, seriously, what is the point of all this? We've got to get to this place of this supernatural awareness of how much we are actually beloved and accepted through Christ. Because that move, that revelation, excuse me, that revelation that, that can transform, and t- that takes place and will transform you and cause you to become another person is what, what breaks the bonds, what breaks the yokes of heaviness. Because now our identity is no longer ourself. It's no longer I who live because it's Christ who lives in me. Now the life I live by faith in the one who loved me and gave himself for me. And the reason that's so powerful is because of the understanding that Christ is the Beloved. He is the begotten, excuse me, certainly the Beloved the firstborn among many brethren. We're baptized into union with him in order that what? We may bear his image and likeness as children of God. I have been so deeply frustrated. A a holy turmoil, if you will, if you'll allow me so. by the separation of what I read about in the Bible and what I see in myself. Am I Christ? Is the life that I live really laid down? And I, and I know, I've, I've, I've tasted, I've touched, I've seen it. The psalmist, he commanded, taste and see that the Lord is good. His mercies endure forever. Yet do we not exhibit that? Do we, do we display that constantly? Do we mirror Christ to the world? Are we submitted to one another in love? Do I walk in power? That was one of the big tensions more than anything else. I love, I live my life laid down, poured out before you, Lord, crying out to you night and day. It, all the while searching for what I can offer, Lord, These are the prayers I 'm praying in the past several months, I'm just looking. I 'm like, "Lord, what is it? Why, why do I have such a bad taste in my mouth for n- niceness? We've opened up our homes of strangers living with us. I've never had something more uncomfortable. I, truly. And yet, I, I, I find that I'm looking for, for that power. And I'm wondering, Lord, what is the separation between power and niceness? How, how did you come full of grace and truth? Jesus certainly is the answer, is he not, my friends? I can't tell you how to walk it all out. I can just tell you to look to him.
1: Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful. Is it face or grace? Face, okay. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. I think that's it. You turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. We turn our eyes to you, Lord, we fix our gaze on heaven.
0: Hebrews 12, again in the Passion. We look away from the natural realm. We focus our attention and expectation onto Jesus, who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perception. His example is this. Uh, I'm looking for a different translation. I think I might be in the Amplified. Excuse me, guys. I'm reminded of this passage, though. It says we're, we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, which is this chapter. But there's a passion that says, fasten, fix your gaze upon him. And there's a song that uh, Maverick City Music sings that says, We behold what we become. Talking about Revelation.
1: Come and behold him. Isn't he fascinating?
0: Children behold their father. You realize that? Children are moved deeply by their father. Uh, Gosh. I have a daughter, right? You guys know that. And I just, of course, every parent knows this. You know, when their child looks at them, and they, you know, with wonder, and you're like, "I don't have anything to offer you. I'm so imperfect." But in love, the father has everything to offer us as his children, and that's why I wanted McKenna to know that more than anything else. Before she's my child, she's a father. She's a child of heaven. She belongs, there's a father who birthed her, not through the will of man. John writes in the conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus, he said, in order to be in the kingdom, in order to enter the kingdom, in order to see the kingdom, one must be born again, and Nicodemus is like, Jesus, help me out here, what are you talking about? A man cannot simply climb back into his mother's womb, that's not how things work. He said, you don't get it. You cannot just be born of blood. You must be born of spirits, water. I, I've been digging this week trying to make sense of all this because I don't, I just, I'm trying to wrap my head around it all, to be born of, of the will of God. Pierce, it says, that they did to Jesus his side, and he spilled that what? Blood and water. It, from his side came water, from, from his body, blood. How must birth take place except through blood and water? And yet the Holy Spirit comes and does this supernatural transformation in, in us, even upon us, as we, we now live in this wonderful age and dispensation of grace that is to have Pentecost. The full measure of the Holy Spirit is not just available, was not just available to Christ. Christ. But to us, to, to us, it's now been given. It's now been made available. I was so marked by those words, Jessica Tate. I know I've got, got a little rabbit trail here. But she said, she said, the time of Pentecost has come. If you, if you missed that last year, you could even go back and listen to it. Jessica Tate is certainly an evangelist, an apostle, a teacher, and so many other things. A missionary who we support. But anyways, um someone I greatly ad- admire and revere, obviously. And she's, she said she was preparing a message for Pentecost last year in Brazil. She's now in Tennessee. And she said the Holy Spirit kept, like, yelling. I don't know if this ever happened to you or, whole, like, you've had a conversation where God is, like, really trying to get your attention. And it's, like, this this really, like, um, almost provoked language, like, tone he uses with you. He kept saying the time for Pentecost, it's time for Pentecost, it's time for Pentecost. She's like, Lord, I know, what do, you, what do you think I'm doing? I'm preparing a message for Pentecost. He said, don't you get it? The time for Pentecost has come, and it never should have stopped. And we live comfortable. I'm only speaking to you of conviction today, I promise you that, because Holy Spirit began dealing with me very strongly in January. About comfort and safety, many of you, if not all of us, live very comfortably. But there is a um, definition of this word that it's important to pay attention to. As Americans, we, as Americans, deal with an extreme measure of comfort and and security. And. Let me just, oh. what what the Lord told me, he said, your house needs to be a place of safety and not of comfort. In other words, don't just go home and kick your feet up and relax. Turn on the tube and just go to sleep. Can, can, I, can I preach it like I was told it? <laughs> don't go home and pretend like you, like, that's all there is to do. Can you not pray for one hour, Jesus said? See, I got to go home and live this out. <laughs> Fasting and prayer has become a lifestyle of mine over these last couple of months. Not of comfort, but of safety in, in my Savior's arms and In the Father's shadow, he who sits enthroned, he who takes refuge, he who abides. What does it mean to abide if not to dwell and live constantly in his presence? An invitation, my friends, an invitation to the world. Okay. You having fun? All right, Lord, we just honor you. We love you. We just bless your name. Hmm. Come on, just bless them, guys. You're worthy. You're worthy. Yeah, you can pray out in your heavenly language. That's perfectly fine. It's not prophecy. It's a. It's a heavenly language. You, my most beloved, build yourselves up praying in in your heavenly language. That's all right if you don't have it. Just call upon his name. Jesus, we love you. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. Come on. I said, Jesus, we love you. Just tell him.
1: (laughs) Come
0: on. I see. He's sweeping across this place. Come on. Just keep pressing in, guys. Mm.
1: Worthy is Your name, Jesus. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're the only one worthy. The <coughs> beloved. Mm.
0: Jesus, there's um there's a passage of scripture. Jesus leaves the earth. You guys ever wondered, wondered, ask yourself this question: Why did Jesus have to leave for the Holy Spirit to come? He said it's better for me to go, so the Holy Spirit could come. Now I've talked about this several times before, but I'm reminded, mm, I'm like, there's like a blanket of peace around me right now. He's a comforter. It's a comfort. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Who likes a good comforter? You know what I'm talking about? Like, I want a plushy one. It better not be too hot, but it needs to be plush. Southeast Texas. Y'all know what I'm talking about on here. Yeah, with the fan. Shut the, blah, blah, blah. The anointing. Hallelujah. See, that's what I'm talking about. We're so comfortable here in America. Man. It's so many, so much lack. I mean, look, Ukraine, Ukraine is just one of many, many places that is dealing with deep turmoil. I mean, have y'all ever, like, looked at anything that's gone on in the Congo for the last however long? I mean, as long as I can remember. Was there a time of peace before, Jonathan? I mean, I don't know. Not that you're aware of. Centuries. Long time. Oof. Y'all want to hear something? Um, radical, and Andy Stanley does a teaching uh, on a oh, help Holy Spirit. There's a passage in Timothy and he said he said, command those who are rich not to be rich in their wealth but to be in, in their generosity. He said he said, don't trust in your wealth but trust in God who richly supplies, right? So Andy Stanley, if you guys don't know who this guy is, really smart guy. Wrote a, wrote a book about being rich in what matters most, I got a hold of it through Craig Rochelle. He talked about it, and he said, "You know, it's just, um, it's wild how rich we are here in America. To own a car makes you mega rich in the world. You have a house for your car, like a garage. I, we call them garages, but they're a house for your car. That's money." <laughs> Anyways, I just, Lord, help us (laughs) take our safety and our security and our comfort in order that we can cling to only you, Lord. I just, I don't know what else to pray, guys. God, my Father, you have bestowed on us the most lavish gift that we could be called your children Not in our repentance, because Lord, certainly I, along along with so many, have clung to what's casual, what's comfortable, what's easy, what's normal. Lord, Lord, we repent. Right where you are, guys. You don't have to come to the altar. If this is for you, just say, "I repent." or holding on to anything else but Christ. We see now, now that we have been told, now that our ears have heard the truth, we cannot hold on to anything that this world has to offer, Lord. We turn to you, Lord. Repentance just means to turn away from self to follow Christ. Lord, you laid down it all. Literally, you gave your life for us. You were so willing, so humble, so meek, even full of power and authority and submission, Lord. You bore your, bore the cross. You endured the agony of the cross in order that you would be joined, that we would be joined together forever. It's like what I'm, what I'm seeing, things tied to us. This world that we've tied ourselves to. That repentance, just breaking that yoke. I just see ties breaking off right now. It's like I see uh, someone, even in my position, strapped down on their knees, held in the bondage, the straps of this world. And it's like I see I, I see these big leather straps just snapping, just pop, pop, just being ripped, broken, shredded darkness being shredded right now in jesus name as we turn to you lord come on just turn to him just behold him just look upon him we behold you jesus in your fullness in your your glory and your
1: grace and your power lord your grace and your truth we behold you jesus
0: who wants to walk in this power Is anybody hungry for walking in power? Okay. Um, I'm going to pray for you, so you just come forward. I'm going to pray for uh, empowerment. And we behold you. Just keep your eyes fixed on the lamb, the lion and the lamb. We behold you, Jesus. Come on, just behold him all over this room. Those who have come forward, just lift your hands to receive. Holy Spirit, fire, fire, power and breaks every yoke of bondage. Jesus, more Lord, your fire, your grace, your glory.